0: Welcome to My Fitness Journey, a fitness podcast where we highlight everyday people in their fitness journeys. And by doing so, we hope that we can get you to rethink what it means to be fit and to understand that this journey is a lifestyle change and not a quick fix system. Let's do it. All right, uh, welcome to my fitness journey. This is a new episode with Eric. How do you pronounce your last name, Eric? Uh, it's Sarah, Eric Sarah. Eric Sarah, I was pronouncing it as Sarah, <laughs> that's how it's written. Um, so yeah, I yeah, yeah. To make sure that I got it right, but uh, hey, buddy, welcome. We'll get ready into it. Welcome to my fitness journey. Uh, thank I'm you. I'm just gonna uh give you a quick summary of my Fitness Journey and this platform and why it exists, and then the next step is to uh, is to get to know you, man. Who you are, what you do, and uh, why you're here, and really just pick your brain um, on what it is that you're doing and why is it inspiring, and uh, what can one walk away with, you know, today or after listening to listening to this episode. So. Um, just to get started, my fitness journey is exactly what it is. Like it's very self-explanatory. Um, it's a it's a platform. It's a storytelling platform that focuses on fitness, but really redefining fitness and and what it means to be fit and the understanding that this fitness journey is not a one qu- like a, it's not a quick fix, you know, or one size fit all approach. Um it's uh it's a journey, right? And it's a journey that can and should be personalized. And everyone has their story, right? And uh and our goal is to highlight that story and and educate people that fitness, they're all different fitness is it's it's a it's a very unique term because everybody has a definition of fitness. You know, for me, my definition of fitness you know growing up has been sports right uh football wrestling um and then long distance running track and now marathons right uh but then there's also the physical side yes i just explained but there's also the mental and spiritual side of that fitness journey you know so the goal is to really show the diversity within fitness and the journey and what is what what it requires like the mental piece of it the why's behind it all you know so that's why we started this platform and uh i thought you were a great fit you were actually a recommendation from my friend kat waterman shout out to Cat Water- Waterman. big shouts big a- shouts a- 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 our yes our uh, production director uh and we'll go into the story of how we all connect in a second but first i want to give you the platform welcome once again eric
1: thank you very much man i'm 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 super excited no doubt um i'm honored honestly uh to be chosen this is like super exciting it's fun to have a good conversation and um you know your vision and my vision you know definitely align so it's good to talk to like-minded individuals
0: awesome you are the chosen one i just wanted to say that (laughs) i wanted to say that uh you know but yeah that's that's the thing i i especially with this like it's a conversation i like to have fun doing this so uh don't mind my corny jokes uh comedy and humor is everything to me i have a crazy lifestyle and humor just keeps me alive so smiling's what um, life's all about right yeah <laughs> let's have some fun all let's right let's do it but yeah so who is eric man i You went to Stonehill College, right? So that's the connection with you and I. Yep. Kat Waterman, who is the production director here, she's also a Stonehill alumni. Um, But we never met each other. So just give us a quick summary of who is Eric and uh, what do you do currently and where do you live now too?
1: Absolutely. Um, Well, unfortunately, we never met. Um, Stonehill College grad 2012. Um, I am currently a... uh, fitness coach. I am a head coach for a one-on-one personal training studio in Dunedin, Florida, located in the greater Tampa Bay area, Clearwater, St. Pete, represent. Um, I was originally born and raised in Clearwater, Florida. I went to high school here. Um, shortly after graduating, I went to Stonehill College. Um, graduated with a combined bachelor's degree in history, theater, and philosophy, major in philosophy, double minor in theater and history. Um,
0: and yeah how did i get to fitness um that, that's I, i'm so fascinated by that can you just say that again so it's something bio the bio was biology in there? no um a uh, major in philosophy philosophy and theater
1: and a minor in theater and history double minor in theater and history yeah
0: wow all right, that's very interesting. I want to get back to that, but uh, yeah, keep going. <laughs> yeah,
1: man. Um, so after graduating, uh, my plan was to be an LCSW, a social worker. Um, that did not work out due to one decision or another, right, wrong, or indifferent. Um, I started to get into retail. Um, I took a job. Um, that took me from where I was living at the time in upstate Rochester, New York, to Maryland, uh, Maryland, and um the DMV, DC, Maryland, and Virginia. Um, That didn't really vibe with what I wanted to do. I tried that out, um, came to Florida, got a job um, in the fitness industry, kind of tangentially. I was managing a vitamin shop in Clearwater. I had started to work out. Um, I kind of got some unhealthy habits, um, in college, if you will, it wasn't really doing anything health, wellness or fitness related, even though in high school, um, I played football, I was on the wrestling team and we also had a weightlifting team in, in high school. So I was very, um, you know, played sports since I was four through 18, um, and then pretty much didn't play any sports or do anything fitness related until probably 2013, um, Was working out a lot, six, seven days a week, um, just because I loved it. I was just passionate about it, right? And then um, working at the vitamin shop is when I decided to become a personal trainer, sat for my CPT, um, and then was doing both part-time personal trainer, full-time manager, and then slowly made the switch in 2014, and I've been a personal trainer
0: ever since. Wow, Um, what a journey, man. You went around the world and back and speaking of you're actually originally from florida is that correct yes sir yep and that's where i'm okay. at now so you literally went around the world you came to the northeast you came to stone hill uh lived out here went to school out here for a little bit and then and then the next step was dc is that what it was? um and
1: then it was rochester new york upstate new york oh new york
0: okay and then the wow. greater dc area um and then dc and now you're back to florida yeah. Man, back home. That's oh, right. Man, how do you how, how do you how are you enjoying the weather right now, by the way? Because all those places are not the greatest places in the world in terms of weather. DC is okay, but yeah. it's pretty cold. I, I love DC. I've been there, so I know what it's like. So how is it like being back home? So I always say to all my friends
1: up north, you know, <laughs> in the same way that in the winter, you know, in the winter we run from heat to heat. In the summer down here, we run from AC to A C. A C
0: AC, okay. <laughs> so there's not much going on outside in the summer? <laughs> well, no, I mean, you know, don't get Transition, me wrong. Transitions. That's right, that's right. Don't
1: get me wrong. It, you know, people are outside full stop right now, uh-huh. you know, but it does, you know, it's 98 degrees, humidity 120%. I mean, it is hot,
0: boy. Yeah. That's like Arizona status. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, but it's a different heat. You know, it's it's a wet heat because we're right on top yeah. of the water. So Arizona, yeah. it's like a dry heat. This is like a wet heat. So it's like as you're trying to breathe. Money. Yeah, that that's the yeah. word. That's the word.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I'm. I'm. We're gonna get back to that once again because uh, training-wise, that must be miserable. <laughs> like that's horrible. Like I'm thinking like I'm thinking about training for a marathon in that kind of weather, man. Like you could barely breathe walking around. Never mind trying to swim a half a mile or run like a half marathon or <laughs> anything like that. You ain't lying, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean a lot of
1: my training, you know, I do my best to make it early in the morning, like before 9 a.m. Uh, or after 7 okay. p.m
0: brilliant that's a yeah nights and early mornings that's right that's awesome um cool so i let's let's go back to your background so you theater history to fitness like what 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 happened there like how do you make that transition and do you even ever go want think about going back to maybe teaching in that area or like or is it like is this your world now like it seems like you're heavily involved in fitness whether as a coach as a business owner which we're going to talk about next but like yeah, I guess where where does that bring you? And yeah. how did you even make that transition? <laughs> um, you know, it was kind of an
1: accident. You know, I was um, I was a pretty at the end of college, I was a I was a heavier dude um for my size um. You know, I had gotten up around like two thirty ish um for somebody who's five foot eight, five foot eight and change. That's not. The healthiest, um,
0: but huh. it's it's not the the most unhealthy. But it was my habits, honestly. What what you you keep you keep saying habits. I want to go back. Sorry to interrupt, but you keep saying that. So I really want to get vulnerable for a second. if You don't mind? Sure. So that's the second time you said that. Um, bad habits in college. Do you mind sharing some of those habits? Also, like how much do you weigh in, in, in before then? and you say you were what 230 before you got out Mm -hmm. what's that yeah can you give us a little bit of the in-betweens
1: yeah man so um in high school um i was you know thick with three c's like in all the right places you know i I played fullback and linebacker um so i was about 215 when i graduated high school um i wrestled in the 215 weight class um
0: i didn't know you were a wrestler yeah man yeah dude i'm a wrestler too that's crazy i that love was it. yeah 152 160 Woo. i mean i wrestled at like like did i, r- I wrestle 70 something yeah i forgot what the weight class was at the time but yeah
1: yeah man um so yeah so you you were in that competitive
0: class 150 oh, 170 so hard ass weight classes man 52 especially Woo. and were you cutting <laughs> weight to get down there oh yeah Oh, um, yeah. He <laughs> said, so, oh, uh, yeah. 160 was where I lived. So, every time I had to wrestle 152, which was my main weight, yeah, those were the struggle days.
1: I bet, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I used to be, I fluctuated between 215 and 189. I remember when I had to cut down to 15, 189, that big was boy. not fun. Yeah, big boys. Yeah, uh-huh. man. So, um Graduated high school, uh, came to college. I was still hovering between 200 to 215, um, you know, and just kind of did the college lifestyle, you know, a lot of binge drinking, um, you know, mm-hmm. sleeping 12, 15 hours at a time, you know, mm-hmm. um, eating fried foods whenever I could. I
0: was gonna say, yeah,
1: late night mm-hmm. runs to 7 Eleven. I mean, uh-huh. that was that was the lifestyle, right, for almost okay. four years, and um. It, 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 old habits die hard right um yeah, and yeah. so you know kind of getting into the year afterwards you know i was i was trying to start a career you know and it's really difficult to start a career and get people who are in their 40s and 50s to trust you with you know a lot of responsibility if you're showing up hungover um you know you're you're 5 10 minute late to shifts because you're sleeping in mm-hmm. um you know and and it wasn't that i was sleeping in because i was lazy i was sleeping in because i was exhausted because i didn't take care of myself you know i never even heard of a vegetable um let alone a fruit so <laughs> what?
0: you <were> an athlete <laughs> <laughs> like, what
1: <laughs> um so uh, it was um it was uh, it was just th- those were the habits that I really needed to change. And, um, you know, I was probably running, you know, on like a little like half a glass of water and, you know, mozzarella sticks and maybe, you know, a chicken sandwich from Chick-fil-A at some point and then just gunning. Wow. Yeah.
0: Wow. That's crazy, man. Um, okay. So of course, uh, it resulted in the two thirty by the time you graduated. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And and
1: probably a little bit afterwards. Um, uh, and so, you know, I was, I was, I was a thicker boy. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, in, you know, I've always been a little bit broader personally. So, you Mm -hmm. know, I think genetics kind of helped me kind of carry that a little better. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, uh, it it definitely, I felt it, you know, after too long Mm -hmm. and, um, So when I moved to D.C., I, I didn't really have a lot of friends. I uh, didn't have a lot of family in the area. And so I just I fell in love with the gym and I started working out. Um, you know, I started drinking a gallon of water every day. I started to just do kind of the smaller habits that every personal trainer tells you. You know, if you can do these couple of things, you might be all right. I picked up a fitness magazine. Um, yeah, and this is 2013 and I was still reading a magazine. That's embarrassing. Um,
0: <laughs> all good, man. Oh good. <laughs> I'm not judging you at all. <laughs> Only a little bit. <laughs> uh,
1: and, uh, you know, so, yes, yeah, so, like I said, I started drink trying to drink a gallon of water. I tried to split up my meals. So I was grazing a little bit, um, trying to get like four to five meals in every day. You know, they were still not the healthiest things. Bagel with cream cheese and, you know, um, you know, just, just roll ups of deli meat. You know, I was just trying to eat whatever I could just just try and quote unquote be a little bit healthier without really knowing anything that was healthy. What's,
0: what's healthy? Yeah. Yeah. And I
1: think that's one of the biggest things the fitness industry still to this day is, you know, people throw around a lot of buzzwords and it's not really it's confusing right. as to what is specifically healthy, right?
0: Oh man, that's uh that's a heavy loaded topic right there. <laughs> what is healthy? Oh man, that's uh that's a whole nother podcast we're really yeah, gonna right. have to dive into. Talk about what is healthy. Going down and a I rabbit had, hole there. I'm guilty of it as well. Um we, we all are. I mean we're, we're all, human, all, right? Always have been. Yeah. You know so absolutely uh but yeah i mean so you fell in love with fitness and and then i guess at what point did you started training yeah
1: so that was shortly personal after that. Tra-
0: personal training at least
1: yeah so um i would say my first full year of training myself and just kind of trial by fire you know just going in and mm-hmm. just looking at a dumbbell and just hoping for the best um mm-hmm it was about a year of that watching YouTube videos following, you know, Instagram personalities, you know, right when the word influencer was starting to be coined back in 2012, 2013, um, and just kind of winging it. Um, it was then that I wanted to get serious. And so I started reading, um, my personal trainer, you know, I decided to become a personal trainer, um, and started reading the, um, you know, the the stuff that I needed to read and research and watch the lectures. Um, so it took me about four months to pass, uh, my CPT, um, and, you know, with having no science classes whatsoever in college, you know, I didn't take a and I didn't take, uh, you know, college biology or anything. So I was almost starting from scratch, you know, with that, with my college background. Um, so I kind of self-taught, if you will, um, all of that stuff. Still don't have any college credits in those things, but, you know, I could – you know, now, nowadays, you know, I've, I've gone out of my way to read A and P textbooks and things like that just because it's, mm-hmm. it's part of my craft, you know, just trying to get a little bit better. Um, and then shortly after that, um, I decided, you know, I was like, you know, so now I'm helping other people. I have this knowledge for myself and I fell in love with it and I decided to become a bodybuilder. Um, and so that was kind of what drove me. And as I tried more stuff on myself, that was what kind of led me to try more stuff with my, with my clients. And that was kind of like my first fitness love, I suppose, after college.
0: Okay. And, um, bodybuilding is something that I want to definitely, I mean, that's your personal journey, um, outside of being a coach and, and, and developing others and helping others on their journey. Um, so I definitely want to tap into that more, but I first want to understand more of the coaching side and talk about the business side of things. And especially during COVID, I know um, you had, you, you at some point, you know, dove into the business owner um, side of things as a, as a, as a, so you own, did you, you own the gym, correct? Yes. So I currently own an anytime
1: fitness franchise here in Clearwater. Yeah. Still, still currently own a fitness franchise. I was a personal trainer um, for about three years. And then the owner of my anytime that I was working out of, I had a good relationship with her and she said, Hey, I'm ready to retire from the gym business. Would you like a gym? Um, And so, you know, I got some money together, called my CPA, figured out what that even meant. Um, Again, Mm -hmm. self-taught myself Um, you know, business, payroll, bookkeeping, you know, a lot of that stuff that, you know, and I didn't get business in college either, which, um, might've been intelligent at the time, um, you know, and taught myself kind of how to run spreadsheets, budgets, you know, um, a lot of that sort of, I would say quote unquote, simple business stuff, um, Mm -hmm. as well as my personal training business. So I continue to do that. So I was owner operator, um, and head personal trainer at my anytime fitness. Um, and that was from 2017, 2018, 2019. Um, and then in March of 2020, as we all are very well aware and are tired of hearing, I'm sure, um, COVID struck and so, um, it was right around the beginning of 2020, though, um, that, you know, I kind of realized that I, I, although I had become competent, is probably the only best word I could use for it, I wasn't a very enthusiastic owner operator. And okay. so, um, you know, I was looking to sell the gym, um, prior to COVID. Mm. And so I had kind of gotten into those beginning talks. I was looking at what was going to be my next move. Um, and I had started talking with my current uh, job, Rock Solid Fitness in Dunedin, Florida, um, and was chatting with the owner. And she kept denying me on Indeed because I own a gym. I was a personal trainer. She's like, why is he going to come work for me? He's got all this set up for himself. Um, and so on March, I want to say 10th or 12th, I walked into her facility and shook her hand and looked her in the eyes, probably the last person I shook hands with, uh, in 18 months and, uh, (laughs) said, Hey, you know, what's going on? I would love to bring something to the table. And I had, uh, Eight days later, my gym was shut down, um, and she was able to stay open because this facility that I'm working in now is a one-on-one studio where it's not an open gym, so it's by appointment only, so you can only come in um, by appointment. So she and this business was able to stay open all the way through because all CDC guidelines were able to be followed um, even in the the deepest throes of um, – wow. COVID. And uh, my county that I was in, you know, um, allowed us to stay open. Um, The sheriff himself actually showed up and and, uh, said that we were able to stay open. And um, so I was able to work all the way through the pandemic in the fitness industry, probably one of like six Mm. and a half people who was able to do it in person. Um,
0: That's awesome.
1: I was very, very lucky um, in that aspect. Uh, But my gym was closed for multiple months um, Mm -hmm. before we were able to open back uh, up. And so now it's being run by uh, my mother, actually. Um, luckily mm-hmm. for me, you know, I have a good family support system. And so she's able to run it right now for me while I'm on this other venture until it's able to sell. Um, mm-hmm. And we're about three quarters back up to capacity. So we're on our way. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's that's where I'm at now.
0: So the ultimate goal is to sell. Yes, sir. Yeah. At this okay. time, um, okay.
1: it was uh, it was a, it was a good investment at the time. Um, things kind of <laughs> went haywire um, but we're ready to, uh, just kind of move forward with that. Um, and you know, my fitness journey is, is, uh, cha- changing now, um, yeah. from what I had originally thought it was.
0: I, I love that. My fitness journey is changing <laughs> because that's the fact, the fact is it's always evolving. That's right. It's always going to change. And if it's not changing, something is wrong Well, because said. change is growth, I believe. Right. So as we learn, as we go through different journeys, we learn new things. We learn to progress. We learn to advance. And if you're not doing that, then something is up. And I could think about that in the context of marathons. I started off, and then we're going to dive into your story a little bit more, but I started off 5K, 10Ks. Um, I did my first four marathons before the end of high school. Um, yeah. And then um, and then took seven years, eight years, up, which was like the transition from college to post-grad. And then... Um, and then I went back into it, just starting with the basics. Five K, ten K in one year, did like five, six halves, and like I lost track of how many ten Ks I did. And then I'm like, Well, why am I gonna keep doing the same thing when I know I could I'm ready for marathon level again? And that's where I decided to I set the goal of the next ten years, I'm gonna try and run two marathons a year. Um, for the next 10 years, specifically 10 years, because that was when I had plans to kind of settle down um, and start having a family. And that will, so in terms of travel, because that's really what I wanted to do use uh, marathon as a means of travel. and awesome. Store, right. But COVID had other plans. Uh, <laughs> you know how that goes. <laughs> so I, I successfully did it for a year, you know, two marathons. It's incredible. And then boom. Covid happened, and uh, since then I'm at this point just like waiting for the, ground you know for everything to really open up so I could get back into it because for me it's not just the the it's not just the personal goal of running a marathon it's the experience it's the emotional and the spiritual piece so yeah, for me I don't find a, any. Like it just doesn't align with my goals and my vision to do a marathon by myself. <laughs> and it's it's I feel it's as miserable as it is doing it with hundreds of thousands of people, never mind uh doing it by yourself and just hearing your own footsteps. That to me that's just a creepy, like hunting <laughs> experience <laughs> You know. That I have no interest in doing by myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny, man. No, I see that. <laughs> yeah, but uh yeah, so <laughs> I digressed there for a little. He said, "He said creepy."
1: It's like you're being chased for twenty six point no, <laughs> two miles,
0: bro. There is, it's. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you a funny thing that I experienced in during my marathon journey, and um, basically, like one of the worst things that could happen to you during a race day is your music die. Oh, like your God music forbid. going off. God forbid. Oh man, <laughs> worse because this is what happens, right? Like as Maybe when maybe whether it's like half halfway in or maybe with six miles left, what happens is it gets quiet, Ugh. like towards the end, especially of the race, quiet. Like the crowd starts to like the crowd is still there, but like as a runner, as an athlete, the energy is no longer there. You're trying to conserve every little bit of what you have left, so it's like it gets quiet. No one is talking. No one's interacting it's just like straight like game mode Whoa, to the finish line and impressive. all you hear is footsteps just like <laughs> It's the creepiest thing ever. I'm I don't want to be you. Here and there for like fourteen miles or six miles or two miles. <laughs> no it's miles. That is the worst, man. So that's why that that literally always haunts me. That's like my biggest pet peeve. <laughs> I think you're about to give me some nightmares or something. <laughs> when you get into marathon running, we'll we'll talk about that. We'll get you really well prepared. I'll be calling you uh, for sure. <laughs> How to make your music or keep the music alive for as all loud as it can be. Twenty six miles. Yeah, right. But I really do like that, though, uh, the comment that you made about your your fitness journey shifting and changing. Uh, can you talk more about that? Because it seems like at some point you had the interest on the business side. But now you, re- you realize at some point there was a shift that like your passion really comes from the hands on and being in the field and working with people and helping people develop and, 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 uh, and help them excel in their journey. So can you just talk about that piece?
1: Yeah, man. So um, that was what I kind of realized is, you know, profit and loss sheets and, you know, bookkeeping and, you know, ordering supplies like that for me, (laughs) for me, man, that's kind of, that's kind of, that's, that's for the birds, man. Um, you know, uh, I understand it's, it's, it's a necessary part of business. And, you know, as you grow, you can hire somebody to do that stuff. But, um, I just realized that the reason I got into fitness in the first place was to be a coach. Um, you know, the, the, the name of my business is desire to achieve fitness. You know, I want to create the desire to achieve something inside of everybody. Okay. You know that's my goal. So right? Okay. Thank you, thank you. Um, and uh, so, I my position at Rock Solid Fitness, as I mentioned, is I'm a head coach. So um, I'm one of four coaches. I have three coaches um, who I who are my direct reports. Um, and. When you come into Rock Solid Fitness, you get the same product. So um, I manage these individuals, but all four of us have all the same clients. We share all the clients. So when you walk in, you might walk in on a Tuesday at 8 a.m. and I might be on shift, but next Tuesday at 8 a.m. during your time, Kara might be on shift or Mike might be Mm. on shift. Right. Um, So it's a little bit different than a lot of studios. You know, a lot of studios, you know, once you're with somebody, you're with somebody. So it's a little bit different. Um, But I love that, you know, and I kind of get the ability to see multiple eyes on Mm. the same person. And so I'm kind of learning, you know, about these clients and seeing, Mm -hmm. you know, Nino's perspective, Mike's perspective, Kara's perspective, as well as my perspective, um, and being able to help that person in ways that maybe I didn't think of, or then, you know, my input also helps them, you know, um, helps my other coaches help that person. So, um, management leadership, as well as coaching is kind of where I, um, I enjoy Um, and Mm -hmm. where I've currently been excelling for a while. And so, um, that's kind of what I'm doing. And, you know, uh, one of the biggest things I say to all my clients and I've said to all my clients for seven years now in the fitness industry is, you know, you intelligently point out that the fitness journey is changing and your goals should always be a moving target. If your goals are not a moving target, then you're just flatlining, right? Should always be climbing up. Um, you know, just because you're going left or right, doesn't mean you're not going forward. Um, and so- right and so um that's kind of where i'm at now and so one of the other crazy things about rock solid fitness is, you know, we're a high intensity gym. You know, a lot of people, when I tell them that they go, Oh yeah, I know hit. Yeah, I know hit high intensity. And you know, and I have to correct everybody and say it's not high intensity interval training. It's not Tabata, you know, it's not, um, less Mills. It's not a lot of the, you know, um, kind of more common fitness. Um, we are extremely uncommon. We're a very niche type of fitness. Um, high intensity training is, um, It was written in the 70s by um, Arthur Jones, um, championed by Mike Menser and Dorian Yates, two professional bodybuilders who trained in that way. Um, You know, it's uh, like I said, it's a little different, um, but it's um, it's effective. You know, I think all 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 styles of fitness are effective. But this style of strength training specifically is um, going to momentary muscular failure. So hitting the gym and going until you can't go anymore. Mm -mm. Um, and so it's, um, because you are pushing yourself to that level of intensity. So because you're going in, walking into the gym, uh, picking up iron, sitting down in a machine, you know, whatever it might be, it's not a cardiovascular movement. It's a pure strength training movement, um, until you can't go anymore. So, um, scientifically has been proven that putting a muscle under load for 60 to 90 seconds is what elicits the greatest hypertrophic and strength response so okay it does okay. yes um and so by keeping the the muscle under that load with the largest amount of load possible you are then capable of creating the best strength and the best hypertrophy yeah. in the muscle um and so we we coach to push to that level to get the, mo- the most efficient. We call it the most efficient yeah. because, you know, some individuals are able to keep the muscle under load 60 to 90 seconds for multiple sets, multiple days a week, but they don't do it in one set. We do it in one set. That way, the whole workout is 30 minutes. So it's 30 minutes twice a week. We only do it twice a week because wow. if you're pushing yourself to that intensity, you're going to need 48 to 72 hours to recover.
0: Let's go. Yes, man. Yeah, I I love that style. Um, like I like I said earlier. Um, with my you know so just to give you a a quick um kind of background. Um, Three G System Fitness is the sponsor of uh, of my fitness journey, and my fitness journey really grew out of Three G System Fitness. And our style, our community, our target is fitness of busy people. And uh, Incredible. 3G stands for go, get in, get out. Fitness for business people, go, get in, get out, right? So you can imagine, like, we see the same people that you do. People who don't have the full four or five days a week, three, four hours, or two to three hours in the gym. But all they need is half an hour, two days a week. Yes. And they'll get, you. you still get the same, if not more- Results or impact than someone who's there three, four days a week. Yes, because I imagine a lot of what you guys do is you plan. Yes, right. You take Absolutely. you you you're intentional with with the the journey and also the person because you can just doing half an hour twice a week. It's going to require a personalized approach in order for you to consistently see results well said can yeah you, man can you just talk a, a little a, a little bit about that
1: yeah absolutely so you know i love go get in get out i mean that's that's what i preach every day when Thank i you coach you know that. yeah no that's beautiful man um because you know I, I joke a lot with people when i say that i'm a personal trainer fitness coach because you know I'm, i purposely ask people to give me money to show up to four walls where you purposely come to hurt yourself It just doesn't, it doesn't really equate in a lot of people's heads, but you know, you're right. Like, um, you know, the fitness industry sort of glorifies, um, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, yeah. You know, I spend 15 hours a week in a gym and it's like, that's a part-time job, man. Like that's a lot of time. time? Yeah. How do you find the time? Cause almost everybody, you know what I mean? Is a business professional who probably has kids has a commute, you know, has a hobby is also yeah. trying to keep, uh, eight hours of sleep is also trying to get good food in also trying to yeah. keep up friendships, um, yeah. you know, family. So, you know, being able to also then fit in eight to 10 hours a week of, of, of working out is, is difficult unless you absolutely love it. Right. But we all need a little bit of fitness in our lives. You know, right. it creates a better, healthier, um, and also longevity in your life. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it's it's important to be intentional when you walk in, not Mm -hmm. just going in and just sitting down in a few things, you know, or picking up a few dumbbells or a barbell and just hoping for the best. It's having a plan before you're going in.
0: Yeah.
1: Making sure that all of those things synergistically together are going yeah. to give you, you know, are going to change one of the four components of fitness. You know, yes. they're either going to change flexibility, going to change body composition, going to change strength, um, or going to change cardiovascular health. So those are the four Love things. It. Those are the four levels of fitness. You want to change those every time you come in. If your plan isn't doing at least two to, two to four of those things, you know, mm-hmm. it's not intentional. Um, and mm-hmm. so the only way you can so get okay. it done an hour a week is by being intentional um, and having a plan. And then, of course, one of the biggest things is being data driven, knowing that the data is always moving you forward. Um, and so, you know, that's one of the biggest things that we say at Rock Solid that we're doing is we're data driven high intensity training um and then another piece that's kind of cool is is our owner she's a uh, licensed physical therapy assistant so um everything that we do is also safe so if it's not safe yes. we don't do it um so that's safe up. and intentional man uh, go it's get in cool. get out
0: <laughs> yes man and i love that and as an athlete you you know the importance of recovery um getting back on the field like as soon as possible right so it's important to have someone like a physical therapy on board that can educate people about, you know, it's great to kind of stay consistent and go hard, but it's also just as important to recover and take care of yourself just so you could be back, you know, um, because if that's not, if you cannot, you know, if you cannot keep up on the recovery side, then that's going to disrupt your whole entire journey, you know, injuries happens and a lot more things happen. So
1: Definitely. And recovery is the name of the game. You know, I mean, yeah. what what we do in training or in the gym is only a small piece of it. I mean, you do that mm-hmm. to break down the tissue, you know, uh, to elicit a training response. But then the recovery is what builds that back so you can do it again and do it again. And the Absolutely. more often you can do it, the better and more efficient you become at it, the better your body adapts and the better you uh, yeah. of a human being you become i mean i don't know how yes, to say exactly. it any other way no
0: you're right you're 100 right absolutely but now let's let's get to let's get back to your personal journey um you know uh, and just the life of a bodybuilder a triathlon athlete um what i guess what came first the chicken or the egg no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> i had to do that one <laughs> that was terrible (laughs) no No, I love it man I love it Um, but uh yeah so was there a triathlon a bodybuilding
1: what came first yeah man um so bodybuilding came first I um as I mentioned I was working out a lot that's kind of what got me to become a personal trainer and you know um having been you know I've played almost every sport under the sun um competitively Uh, I played baseball I played soccer um you know, I, I played volleyball. Um, I played basketball, football, wrestling, weightlifting. I had done it all. Um, and so, you know, I started to train a lot and I was like, okay, I'm a little bit healthier. You know, I've, I've lost a little bit of fat, you know, I can get up from the couch without making that ah noise.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like <a 50-year-old> man. <laughs>
1: so that felt good, you know? Um, and I was like, but what am I going to do with all this time in the gym? Because I couldn't stay away from the gym. Like I loved picking up the iron, you know, I love the smell of the gym as crazy as that sounds. Like I just liked being there. Uh, it wasn't a social scene either. You know, I didn't have any... Major what friends, it? you know, I saw what the it? same people, you know, I said, what up? But, you know, I didn't really know their names. So I was like, why am I here? Um, and then my roommate at the time, he showed me the the um, the documentary Pumping Iron with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Lou Ferrigno. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, all right, that's it. I'm becoming a bodybuilder. And so... I continued to try different methods, you know, different training styles, different training systems on myself. Sort of became a bodybuilder. Um, and in 20. 15, 16, and 18. um, I did four bodybuilding shows across those three years. I took 17 off to kind of get a little bit deeper into my training and kind of get – try and get a little bit bigger, uh, a little bit leaner. Um, And so, yeah, so I did four shows. Um, I placed in three of them and actually the very last one I qualified for a national contest, um, which if I had gone to the national contest, spoiler alert, I didn't. um, I could have gone pro. Um, had I placed wow. in that um, that event so um, you know I was, I was I guess I guess you could technically say I was one event away from going pro but that wow. was a long, long shot away I won't I won't lie to you
0: so 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 I guess so what does that mean and especially coming so close like are you are you is this you haven't retired yet correct ah. <laughs> is still, are you still in the game like are ah. you still gonna keep pushing for it what do you think I like to
1: say that maybe I'd go back, but you know, man. To be honest with you, you know, the bodybuilding community, and, and I don't think I'm throwing any shade when I say that. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. Uh, bodybuilding is a is a fun sport um, for those who consider it a sport, um, but it's it's no it's no no lie when I say that that PEDs are you know encouraged. Um, you know, there are natural drug-free bodybuilding leagues, but they only take up like five to 10% of the market share. Um, and so, you know, P tests just don't exist in, you know, 90 to 95% of bodybuilding. Um, you know, the, the greatest bodybuilding professionals that have existed, um, you know, have always taken steroids kind of in a hush hush way. You know, I don't think Arnold has ever admitted it, but it's kind of, you know, it's kind of known, but some of the, the bigger well-known names, Ronnie Coleman, um, yeah. you know, they, they, they have said, you know, uh, you know, I'm not going to tell you that I didn't do them,
0: <laughs> uh, you know, and
1: it's not just, you know, anabolic steroids. I mean, it's human growth hormone, it's experimental peptides. I mean, there's just so much to the industry and, um, I never personally, you know, wanted to delve into that. So I got as far as I could without, you know, having to get into injectables and, and just a a slew of things that just didn't, didn't really make sense for me. You know, um, um, I'm, I, I wasn't a pro, you know, I wasn't anybody who was looking to get into that. So, um, You know, I guess that's probably the biggest stigma around bodybuilding. You say you're a bodybuilder and and that kind of gets you there. Um, So I would say for all intents and purposes, I'm a retired uh, competitive bodybuilder. You know, when I train, I still like to, you know, I still like to hit the smaller muscles and I still like to have that V taper. And, you know, I like to have that frame. Um, kinda like my man sitting across from me. Got a pretty good physique over there. <laughs> Thank you, I
0: appreciate that. <laughs> Heck
1: yeah, man. Um so yeah, but uh, you know, I would say I'm definitely
0: not uh not a bodybuilder any longer. Okay. Um and the thing one of the things I want to talk about, like you already started going into it, was the culture. And it seems like you almost didn't want to be associated with that culture. And and like you said, you're right, there's a stigma um to, you know, bodybuilding and just meatheads or you know, like there's a lot of negative things. There's obviously a lot of positive, right? Uh, but because there's a lot that goes into that, it really takes a lot of focus and determination and just dry consistency, so many levels, right? But like, there's also the other side of it that is not always the most positive environment. Like when you talk about that, the culture, can you just give us a little bit more about what the culture experience like that? Even for you, like, do you feel like you fit in with that community? <laughs> like, how were you treated? So,
1: yeah. So, I mean, you know, I also want to say, you know, um, blanket disclosure. I mean, just because it's not for me, doesn't mean that I, I throw straight shade on anybody who has ever done it. Um, you know, it's not my body, um, that I'm doing it to, if that's something that others choose, then by all means, you've made that decision for yourself. And you know, who am I to judge you? That, that does not mean anything. Um, you know, I, 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 you know, this, uh, there was a there was a sports art a sports article writer, uh Tony Kornheiser, um, who once wrote that um if you were to look at the baseball hall of fame and and um throw out all the people in the baseball hall of fame who had um ever cheated, lied, or done steroids, you could you would be able to fit the um the Hall of Fame in a broom closet. Um mm-hmm. so, you know, uh it's interesting when you look at pro sports in that way, you know, what happened with Ben Johnson wow. and um, you know, a lot of other athletes that, you know, the the allure um you know um of course the the name of the cyclist is is um Lance Armstrong you know i mean that allure to yep. to get any sort of edge you know that competitive edge you know you talk about that mindset um right. you know it, it it's 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 there you know um i will also tell you that i have met bodybuilding people who consider themselves quote unquote bodybuilders who openly talked about using PEDs mm. um who did not meal prep did not do cardio, only trained and used PEDs. Still drank on the weekends excessively. Wow. Um, only got four or five hours of sleep, and their physiques showed that, you know. Um, and so, you know, it's not just the PEDs that do it. You know what I mean? The PEDs in in my experience with uh, individuals who I knew were taking them in in large amounts and. But they were, they were getting the sleep in. They were getting the cardio in. You know, they were getting their meals in. They were, they were putting the work in. And so it basically was just taking individuals who looked incredible and just adding, sprinkling in that other piece and just really raising the bar to a place that, you know, is just, you know, so peds don't make the athlete the athlete taking peds just gets that much
0: better uh okay it, it is. that's
1: why it is an enhancement right it's, an, it's it's right you know um that that's why performance enhancing it just enhances the performance you're already putting in so as far as me fitting right. into the culture i fit in pretty well because everybody knew i put in the work of you yeah. know the cardio and and the meals you know and doing yeah. what it took um you know i just wasn't Sprinkling on, you know, uh, a human growth hormone um, Mm. and, you know, some of the other things that, you know, go into, you know, the, that, that whole realm, you know, Um, I don't, uh, you know, I, 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 I wasn't, you know, I wasn't willing to go down that road, but it didn't necessarily mean that I wasn't willing to be a bodybuilder, right?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So it looks like you you took you took the hard road, right? Like the really the grind um and the mute preps you talked about and uh put it in the sleep and the hours in the gym. I guess what was that personal journey like for you? Like you when you were at your prime in the mid, middle of training, what did that look like for you?
1: Yeah, so I would say, you know, that that my prep for my 2018 shows, the shows where I placed the best and I looked the best um mm-hmm. you know, it was Six days a week, um, an hour and a half of training, uh, six days a week, um, three to four hours of cardio a week um, on the stair stepper, running outside, biking, whatever I could do to get my heart rate up above 120. Um, Mm -hmm. I was... Um, undulating my carbohydrates um, and my fats and my protein. So my macros were undulating every day. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, one day would be 2000 calories. One day would be 1500 calories. One day would be 2100 calories. One day would be 1900 calories, just depending on what I was doing that day and why I was doing it um, so that I could match my body size um, and then what my BMR, my basal metabolic rate, the amount of calories that I was burning at rest versus the amount of calories that I was burning while moving. I was, you know, wow. structuring those so that at any given moment, I could, cap, I could capitalize on the amount of anabolic and minimize the amount of catabolic response. Anabolic is um, muscle building and catabolic means muscle wasting. Um, the more muscle you have on your frame, the more calories you burn at rest. Therefore, the amount mm-hmm. of uh, body fat, the less body fat you have on your frame. Um, so I was mm-hmm. trying to become as low body fat percentage as I could while still maintaining muscle.
0: Dude, I'm exhausted just hearing
1: it. You. <laughs> you know, guaranteed bare minimum, seven hours of sleep every night, gallon and a half of water every single day, um, you know, and, and, and during that time, so for 20 weeks, so for five months leading up to those two shows, the, the two shows were about three weeks apart from each other. Um, I didn't eat anything that didn't come out of a Tupperware that I had prepared myself. So not one meal out. Um, you know, there were cheat days. You know, but even the cheats were were made by me. You know, I made a homemade pizza um, or I made a homemade burger and maybe it had bacon on it. And so I got to enjoy that. So you weren't really cheating. (laughs) Let's be real. (laughs) Now, you weren't getting that greasy, you oh. know. Now, the day before, the day before, you want to kind of fill out carbs. So, by okay, depleting, yeah. you deplete all of that, and then you kind of carb up. Um, mm-hmm. And so, the day before, you know, it was like five guys. Now that's when you went in, huh? And, oh, yeah. And I had like an oh, Oreo man. cake, and oh, man.
0: It's like it's like that experience after you weighed in. He <laughs> was at wrestling. I you that. wrestling You it's know like that Doing wrestling You know game on I'm <laughs> about to gain weight, 20 pounds over. before this match <laughs> <laughs> Game over <laughs> Oh man That's wild bro That's so much work And dedication man Like I, I, I've i learned a lot Um, I think Ronnie Coleman Is his name was I yeah. watched his documentary On Netflix Um, Man Like it's, it's, and I've watched a couple other stories and I admire you guys for what you do. It's really, it really is an art, you know, and, um, it's difficult. It's, it's challenging, but I guess that's also why, you know, sometimes it's, it's easy to just reach out to the, 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 the source, right? The the supplement that kind of enhances everything or make that experience a little less. Yeah. man. Or- um,
1: yeah. And, and, or just, just, you know, being able to capitalize on, you know, I'm putting in all this work. I wonder if I could just take one more thing or do one more thing to triple that, quadruple that effort. Um, you know, um, cause human genetics can only push so far. Right. Um, and Ronnie Coleman, I mean, the, 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 extra secret sauce that ronnie coleman had is that his genetics are also perfect <laughs> like mm. he is an he you know he's an absolute specimen who then got had amazing discipline and then mm-hmm. you know also sprinkled in a little extra on top yeah. and you yeah. put those three things together you know um hard work beats talent until talent works hard You know what I mean? The minute that Ronnie Coleman, who had that talent, started working hard, it was game over for everybody
0: else. Game over for everybody else. (laughs) Everybody who existed. RIP to the competition. I'm telling you,
1: everybody in the early 2000s and late 90s who competed paled in comparison to Ronnie Coleman. I mean, that man squatted 800 pounds three days out from a show. He was 2% body fat and he squatted 800 pounds twice in the middle of a workout. I mean, I'm still blown away
0: that's insane man that's insane no uh, no thanks for thanks for sharing that yeah and, uh, and diving deeper into the world of a bodybuilder um especially from the personal experience side of things um I one two things I want to... we're almost uh at the top of the hour right now but um two things I want to talk about is one your triathlon experience yeah and then two, it's the mental piece of both the bodybuilding and the triathlon, like in terms of just how much work it takes and like the challenge and overcoming those challenges. And, you know, for you, what is that inspiration for you? Like, so just starting with triathlon, I guess. Uh, well, how, how has that experience been? And uh, I guess how many have you done so far?
1: So far, just one, um, you know, uh, shortly after kind of getting out of bodybuilding, um, 2018, 2019, I, um, you know, I didn't really want to bodybuild. I didn't really have any other passions at the time. Um, but at the beginning of 2020, um, you know, I was like, you know, I was kind of missing that competitive spirit. Um, I do mud runs, obstacle course races. I do five K's here or there just for that little competitive edge, you know, um, just do something to kind of, you know. See how good I am against other people, but I started running. Um, I started cycling. Um, you know, and then through the pandemic, I was looking for other things to do. I was trying to get outside and, um, just kind of do other things. And so slowly I started getting my, my mile time down. And then all of a sudden I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm on this bike for 20 miles and I'm not winded. I'm on this bike for 30 miles. I'm not winded. Um, and then slowly I was like, Okay, well. I had noticed that my discipline while I was bodybuilding sort of bled into everything else that I was doing. You know, that sheer discipline of getting the sleep, getting the water, getting the food, getting the lifts in sort of also meant that I was following up with clients. I was reading the extra books to, to figure out what I could learn about their, um, you know, ailments or better ways to train them, better ways, to train myself, you know, um, the discipline of those things sort of bled into everything else. And so I sort of noticed that was missing as I started my job at rock solid fitness. And I thought to myself, well, shoot, I'm already biking and running. I might as well throw in swimming. Um, and so I was like, let, let me get into another sport that also takes a lot of discipline and a lot of control, um, and see, you know, if I enjoy that. Um, and then all of a sudden I got hooked the minute that I learned how to put both arms over my head and breathe underwater. Uh, I kind of got hooked on the whole thing. Um, and so in May of 2021, um, I ran my, well, I raced my first triathlon. Um, I did a sprint distance. It was a quarter mile swim followed by a 12 mile bike followed by a 3.1 mile run. So in total, it's just under 16 miles traveled. Um, I did that in an hour and 15 minutes. Um, I, uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. I had an absolute blast. I have my sights set on another one on September 25th of this year as well. Um, Let's go. Yeah, man. Heck yeah. So, um, you know, the, the discipline that it takes to, you know, like, so today prior to coming here, um, I, uh, I swam. Um, I, I had, uh, I swam, um, a quarter mile, um, and it's, it's my long swim day. So I try and do that without stopping. So just going mm. as fast, uh, you know, it's not necessarily fast. It's just about keeping the rhythm going, yep. you know, and then I have another day of swimming where I speed swim. And then I have another day of swimming where I long swim where I try and get as many meters as I can in a certain amount of time. Um, I have a day where I do a brick, a brick and triathlon is where you, um, you sort of practice the transition from bike to run um, because getting off of a bike and trying to run at a fast pace is like a cat dipped in wet paint
0: (laughs) oh lord (laughs) your feet your
1: your quads your hammies are just so heavy um so i practice a brick once a week i also do a long um i also do a long um bike ride every week and then i also strength train three times a week just to kind of um I do two high intensity, like rock solid fitness. And then I do one where I just work on my rotator cuff. Um, I work on my low back. I just try, I'm trying to mitigate injuries. Um, one where I'm just working on my ankles, you know, so I guess I wouldn't call the third one, a full strength train, but, um, you know, just trying to mitigate injuries, um, you know, and kind of stay in, in better health as I train. So I'm probably training about nine times a week, you know, cause I do have two a days, um, one in the morning, one in the evening. Um, and, uh, so it's, it's that discipline of, you know, cause motivation fades, you know, I'll be honest mm-hmm. with you, you know, the motivation to eat chicken, rice, and broccoli, um, yeah. the motivation to swim in the morning and then go bike in the evening, um, is, is very, and, and work a full eight to 10 yeah. hours in between Good. is it's yeah. difficult, you know, but then also get eight hours, also eat healthy. Um, yeah. it, it's difficult, you know, but, um, the discipline you know, shout out to Jocko Willink, who talks about um, discipline um, and what mm-hmm. it takes it, it, Your overarching goal. What, what is it that you actually want that's not tangible? You can't see it. Mm -hmm. You know the steps that it takes to get there. And so you do the little things, but every time you do that little thing, you get one step closer to that major thing, right? Um, and so that's, that's what I've learned through bodybuilding. That's what I'm learning through triathlon. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, because I'm also learning a skill, right? Like I was not a skilled swimmer prior to this and I'm still not a skilled swimmer you know um i probably the only thing i'm i would say i'm i'm good at is the running um probably not like uh my man 3g system over there but uh, <laughs> uh I don't you know, know about that but <laughs> i'm i'm you know i'm i'm a mediocre cyclist i'm a, i'm a decent swimmer you know piecing it together maybe i'm pretty good um but that that has come from you know i started that in october of 2020 getting ready for my race in may um so it was a long process but i had fun with it you know because it wasn't about the product like yes you know um famous bodybuilder branch warren once said you know um i'm not worried about the bodybuilding contest when it's time i don't get nervous the day of the contest because i just spent a year training every day eating every day sleeping every day this is my super bowl this is is the fun This is the fun part. Well said, my friend. Yes. You know, it was the grueling days of training that led to this moment. I'm not nervous today. I was nervous three weeks ago when my bike didn't go very well. I was nervous three weeks ago when my run didn't feel good. You know, I'm not nervous today because today everything culminated, you know, and so that's the mental piece, right? Um, You know, that's that's that mindset of training and performance, you know, um,
0: preparation,
1: preparation is key um i think i don't know if conor mcgregor was the original person who said it but he's the last person i heard say it which is you know uh stay ready so you never have to get ready uh because getting ready Mm -hmm.
0: is that much harder that's it man um that's it i talk about that all the time even from the context of speaking because i'm a public speaker yeah um and I say the same thing. Like I'm constantly doing this for me. And this is the preparation. I write a lot too. I write speeches. I write uh, sermons and different things. Right. So when the opportunity comes, those, con- those, the content already exists. I just have to or personalize it to whatever the event is. Right. And the practice is always, this is a lifestyle. Yeah. You know? So it's the same thing. I think about when you say that, um, like, on the day of performance, like race day in the marathon world, or maybe in the triathlon world, it might be called the same. But that's, that's the fun day, bro. (laughs) Like you should, like all the work has been, if you're nervous, it's too late, buddy or pal. Like you're done. If you're nervous, if you're scared, then you never, you didn't prepare enough and it's already too late. So like it or not, here we go, (laughs) you know, but like, But all the work has already been done. The damage has been done. And now it's just time to have fun. Yep. Full stop. So I know exactly what you're saying. I appreciate that.
1: Thank you, man. Thank you. Uh, uh, You know, I think that's what it all comes down to. You know, Uh, fitness for individuals who don't have performance goals. You know, people who are just trying to be healthy, live a little bit longer. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, the goal that you have might not be lose 50 pounds. Like the goal that you have might just be, I just want to be able to pick up my kids. You know, no, 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 no. um, the goal should be sort of these subjective things, not these objective yeah. things of numbers, right. pounds, you know, yeah. um, sure, those things are great, you know, but, uh, just being able to do certain things, you know, should be your goal, um, um, at Absolutely. least in my experience. Um, and so that's kind of what I keep thinking about with these, these, uh, different endeavors that I take on, um, is just, I always want to be a better version of Eric, Sarah, um, because mm-hmm. if I can just be a better version of me, that's going to bleed into other aspects of my life. So, I'll yes. be a better boyfriend. I'll be a better son. I'll be a better yeah. friend. Um, yeah. I'll be a better coach. And if I can be better in all those things, my life gets mm-hmm. better. The people around me get better. And that's what it's
0: all about. So Good so good that's the why behind what you do i don't even need to ask you what your why is you just told me right there full stop Um, full stop (laughs) but um yeah so so good man i'm i mean our time is is done but i'm i I could literally go on forever yeah man thank you man i really appreciate you taking the time to do this um i've learned so much about you your mindset, your why, and I feel like we have so much in common that I got to work my way to Florida so we can get a solid no doubt. training in, man. No doubt. come man. down and train with you. I would love that, man. That would be amazing.
1: If you're ever in uh, Florida, do not hesitate to call me. The next time I'm up in Massachusetts, you know I'm going to be hollering at you big time. Yes,
0: please do. Yes. Please do. But hey, uh, I guess one question Uh, What's the, what's the future looking like for you? What's next?
1: Yeah, man. So, um, I think the next thing for me is another triathlon in September. Um, you know, I, uh, I'm, I'm loving what I do at Rock Solid. I, I want to keep learning about high intensity training and, and, um, what's going with it next. You know, we're hoping to open another facility, um, within the year. Um, so, you know, just keep trying to create the desire to achieve in individuals. Um, keep trying to help those around me. Um, you know, uh, outside of those two things, I, I, I can't tell you yet, maybe a longer triathlon. I don't know if personally I'm ever going to do a full Ironman, mm. but, uh, you know, I, I definitely think, um, those two things are what's on the horizon for me. That's where you'll find me. Um, you know, and, uh, uh, I, I, this has been absolutely gnarly, man. I can't thank you enough. This has been so much fun. Um, awesome. I sincerely appreciate being the chosen one
0: as you said yes sir <laughs> yes you are <laughs> the, the especially first of season two yes so Ooh. yes you are a chosen one wow. i wasn't kidding <laughs> i didn't know that no pressure first first of season no that's why i didn't tell you before <laughs> so you, you met the you exceeded the expectation for season two so <laughs> thanks for kicking it off Girl, um, man, and it's gonna be you. amazing thank you so much uh one last thing where can the people find you if the people have questions want to follow your journey where can they find
1: Absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram at EJ Sarah spelled S-A-R-R-A EJ Sarah. Um, You can find me on Facebook, Eric, E-R-I-C, last name S as in Sam, A-R-R-A. Those are the two biggest ways to to get at me right now. Um, If you have any questions, do not hesitate to reach out. Fitness, triathlon, bodybuilding, anything you want to know, I am there. Um, I love to talk to people about this stuff. Um, It's incredible. Um, and thank you for this opportunity.
0: Awesome, thanks, Eric. Um, have a good one, sir. And uh, I, would, I would love to have you back again. But until then, peace, peace. Thank you, sir.
1: Gotta get. Let's bounce, yes. that's bounce, that's bounce, that's bounce.